this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Let's get the show rolling. Howdy, folks, and welcome to another episode of the Dollywood Reporter, the only podcast that goes through your favorite park. Dollywood, land by land, coaster by coaster, theater by theater, to help you plan your best day in the Smokies. I'm Randy May, your guide on this journey, and with me, as always, are my cousins and yours, Andy May. Hello, welcome to the Dollywood Reporter, all the news you want to use. Crystal Maylight. It's just me. Hey, everybody. And Joel Manby from Corporate. I'm not from Corporate anymore, part of my contract. Welcome to the family, Joel Manby. Uh, all right, how y'all doing tonight? Yeah, great. <laughs> doing just fine, thank you. I was watching a riveting episode of The Wheel. It's a fortune wheel, and I thought that the, the, the answer was not what the answer was, but I had a good time. Thank you for asking. All right, great, great, great to hear. Great to hear, Andy. So... I'm 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 so pleased to hear all your happy voices t- tonight, and uh, and Joel's here too. Uh, yep. Woo! Hey, we got a great show tonight for you folks. Uh, so pull down your lap bars, hold on to your hats, because we are not responsible for items lost on this ride, no sir. But first, Andy May, do we have any mail? Yes, we have mail in the satchel of correspondences. Today's correspondence is from. Walter Lerdick, and he wants to know why is the Food and Flower Festival coming this May, and what, why was it canceled, and how for last year? Uh, all right. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm taking it that you're talking about uh, the Food and Flower Festival. Uh, yes, coming this May to the to the park. Uh, what? Did I just, uh, did I, did this gentleman and myself have the same first name? I did not catch that. No, you said Walter and Andy. Oh, good. I was worried that perhaps I made that for fluffle. No, it's no for fluffles at all. Okay. Uh, The Food and Flower Festival is coming uh, this May. It was canceled last year. Uh, due to uh, to COVID, uh, I mean, there's this big disease that's been ram- rampaging the country, rampaging the world, and uh, Dolly, Miss Dolly, she wanted to shut that down. Um, yeah, we we you know forget that we're not bringing piles of people into our park, but it is happening this year, this May through June. Uh, the Food and Flower Festival is coming. This May is that Andy May, Randy May, or Chris? Yeah, I was also. Um, thank you, Joel Manby from Corporate. I was also rather confused. Formerly from Corporate, I oh. have not been with the company since Welcome. 2013. Welcome. I'm here by contract. Welcome to the family. It's good to contact you as well. 
Joel's been on the show for for like five years now. Andy. 2013 is when I ended my contract. Well, welcome to the family. All right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but yeah, it, we're it's it's a lot to look forward to. Great time in the parks, uh, food and flower festival coming this May. Yes, can't wait. Um, any other mail in that that uh, bag of correspondence, Andy May? I have misplaced it. Um, would you like me to search for it? I believe it's under this pile of mail. That, uh, maybe that we just uh, close it up I, this week. Yeah, I, yeah. I can look. Okay. Zip it up, there it goes. I heard that on another podcast. Well done, Andy May. Thank you. Thank you. Great job. Great Thank job. Thank you. Great job. Oh, yeah. Great. Always. All right. Well, yes, sir, we have a great show set up for you all. This one's going to be a bit of a departure from the norm. You see, Joel here has always been a bit of a Disneyland fanatic. Mm. And uh, he brought on... Uh, he, he brought up on last week's show uh, the news that Disneyland in Florida is going to remove some of the characters from the Song of the South ride, Splash Mountain. <clears throat> now, listen, Randy May, I, you got my attention. All right. Uh, now, I, I was the CEO of Hershen Family Entertainment, parent company of Dollywood, until 2013 when I joined SeaWorld as the CEO of SeaWorld Entertainment. Uh, I retired from there in 2018 and my dream has always been to be an executive at the Disney. And what you said was factually inaccurate. You said Disneyland in Florida. Disneyland is a resort in Anaheim, California. Walt uh, Disney oh. World is in Orlando, Florida. I'm sorry. I get the two confused all the time. Yeah, I haven't been. It's it's probably the altitude up here. Just don't worry about it. Yeah. Well, well thanks for setting us straight on that, Joel. Uh, so you brought up this song of the South ride. And, uh, it, it, you know, we, we found out based on, on what you were saying that, uh, you, you know, that you brought up some interesting points here. You suggested that we got all of the, the critters from the song of the South ride from another little ride called carousel of progress. Is that right? Okay. The carousel of progress was an attraction in a circular theater to celebrate the bicentennial of the United States and all of those animatronics were brought over to Splash Mountain, which, yes, was a Song of the South homage. But prior to being the America Sings, again, to celebrate America's bicentennial, mm, it was okay. a show called The Carousel of Progress. So wait, oh, the Carousel of Progress wasn't called Splash Mountain? Uh, they're, they're apparently different things one one like one's a, a log flume ride they're they're pretty traditional and uh one was a uh very fast spinning ride whoa you stick to the walls all right oh all like right, a gravitron gravitron okay a carousel spins around and around mm-hmm. they can <laughs> they can spin at different speeds so you're watching it on a horse <laughs> So tell us how it is, Joel. A carousel, by definition, can spin around and around, right? The mm-hmm. carousel, a carousel like you're thinking of with horses and other carriages and things, can spin at different speeds. Well, and there's, sometimes there's benches and other animals. I rode one with the sheep, and there was yes. a pig. And I mean, dude, let's yeah. let's not those. talk about your family reunion. 
Uh, the the thing okay. is that the carousel of progress, like America Sings, is a carousel, but it spins rather slowly. Not enough that you couldn't, you know, maybe get caught between and, you know, things Mr. happen. Mr. Man, we have a question. Yes. If it doesn't spin fast enough, does the gravity stop? <laughs> well, I think we're doing this show. I think what welcome to the family. Joel's, what Joel's trying to say is that we've got another little thing to talk about from uh, from Disney here, because uh, you know I started looking into this, and there's some interesting stuff on this uh, attraction here, um, and. You know, it started out thinking like this was going to be another one of those Disney bashing shows like episode uh, 236. Remember, remember 236? Oh, uh, yes. Does mm. Disney even have a coaster? And they do, as oh, we found out. I remember out. that one. I remember yeah. that one. Yeah. yeah. That but one. I mean, it's it's kind of like that. It's kind of like that show. But uh, we found out some interesting uh, stuff. For instance, uh, this this ride is uh, jam packed with robots and it does not spin so fast. That you lose gravity, Andy May. Um, this is not a ride; it's an attraction but that happens move. to spin. I, I beg to differ, sir. It does. All move. right. Well, how 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 about we uh, how about we start off talking about this ride, this attraction? Sorry, sorry. Thank you. Sorry. Attraction. Uh, by talking about the history of the attraction. Ooh. Uh, who wants to kick us off, Joel? Yeah, uh, Andy May. Who's who's got some? Who's, who did some work on the uh, the the origins of this uh, this attraction here? I have several facts and figures regarding the Edison Square. Okay, okay, good start. Yep, yep. Did not um, happen at Disneyland, uh, California Disneyland. Did not happen, but go for it. This was a square that was going to be uh, on top of the main street in Disneyland, and it was to celebrate General Electric after they had the corporate scandal with so many legal troubles. And some of them went to prison, they did. (laughs) Some some fled the country and... Well, Some they of them went to prison. They did. Are you a pirate? Or are you a southerner? I'm. Uh, well, let's just say that this is a, uh, an approximation that might fall somewhere between the two. So you're um, that uh, that GE General Electric paid uh, Walt Disney in the the 50s to uh, to set up a, a land within his Disneyland. Indeed. Talk about and, what, electricity. It, Electricity, and it was on Main Street, which is a street full of windows that have ghosts inside of them. And Thomas Edison was one of Walt Disney's boyhood heroes, um, and he put together a proposal specifically for General Electric. And it was going to present the story of the way in which the invention of energy was influenced the growth of America with the development as well. And it was the birth and the growth and the development and and so uh so what was the name yes. of uh, this attraction? It is there was hold on, hold on. Place. Let me check my brain notes. It's harnessing sure. the lightning was yeah. gonna be 
a is a forty thousand square foot horseshoe shaped show building with a lobby and four theaters and a product room where the progress was their most important product and uh, like several other attractions you could buy a car in no, that's, I'm sorry, that's not correct. Um, and it would be next to the Red Wagon Inn. I think the, you're referring to Test Track from Epcot. Yes, that's indeed the callback that I was establishing. All right. um, so, uh, yeah. can, can mm-hmm. I read a sign for you from Harnessing the Light? The original sign they proposed, very old timey, very interesting. General Electric presents. Edison Square, Disneyland, USA, an astonishing dramatization, harnessing the lightning. A story of yesterday, today, and tomorrow, a feast for eye and ear in four great acts with prologue and epilogue with Mr. Wilbur K. Watt, the incredible electric man, supported by a most amazing cast of 50 marvelous electromechanical personalities that sing, dance, and talk. What is an electromechanical person? Well, they take a person and they put wires on them. I think that's true. Oh. Kind of like them, the, 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 the Jungle Cruise uh, animals, uh, where they can kind of just basically do this. Ooh. Uh, one, For the one listener, two. he's moving his hands up and down. But like a crocodile, I mean, those are right, only very in the much. Jungle Cruise. It, 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 and, and sometimes they can go, here you go. Have now he's moving his hand toward the camera and away from the camera. Like he's feeding the elephant on the Jungle Cruise. I believed it. I saw it was painted a picture, and you they they had the the first Andy, act. Andy May, Andy May. Yes. Andy May. Was the world ready for robots at that time? The world's never ready for robots, but even less so then, because they did not figure out the animatronic almost there the animatronics there you go and then they so they said well we're gonna put that on the back burner and they you would walk through the different stories um it was, it was the first act was in an American home in 1989, before electrical. When plans. I was running Stone Mountain Park yes. in Georgia, mm-hmm. we we decided that there's no exchange for anything but people. We didn't need robots to tell our stories. We told our stories with people and Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate you for that. Welcome to the family, Andy. All right. Well. So, where uh, didn't didn't work out? Is that right? I mean, Joel, Joel, you, you, you're very familiar with the Walt Disney and uh, and the things that the Walt Disney guy did. I am. Um, that didn't work out, right? Uh, Edison Square did not complete. In 1956, there was an Edison Square sign coming soon. Uh, the concept showed the current world of the Carousel of Progress. The current show. Uh, Act Act 3 would have been 1958, which was the time of the original release and setting of Carousel of Progress, but it did not occur. And that's interesting. I mean, that's kind of like putting on the map of Dollywood in in like 2016, Wildwood Grove. I don't know, because I was not employed by the company in 2016. 
but but I mean, Wildwood Wildwood Grove it opened up last year. It was sorry, twenty nineteen to rave reviews. But if you put it on the map a few years early, and what if we didn't? What if what if we didn't build it? Oh man, I can't imagine a world without it. <laughs> Think right. of the revenue we would have lost. So, so what what happened afterward? GE wants to build something great, and Walt says, "Hang on." They said, we would like to bring this good thing to life. And Walt Disney said, wait just a moment, um, because I'm going to go to the World's Fair where all the the worlds and the Martians came together and they gave all their wares. Are you referencing Men in Black? Who? No. Nope. Uh, GE's slogan in, uh, 19, in the 1960s was, uh, progress is our most important product. They Sounds had, like had hippies. Bringing good things to things mm-hmm. and the uh, the edison square just so we get more into it it was um it was roughly it was going to be where the child care area is today and it was uh, set during the same time period as main street and it had architecture based on many different cities and uh, there was a center with this statue of thomas edison oh, oh, and joel, he, joel, joel left all right, so we're moving on. We're moving on to the 1964 World's Fair, aren't we? Uh, I mean, that's that's the idea here. Uh, Edison Square didn't happen, right? Oh uh, no, sir. Right. In my in my heart, it still exists, even though it never did. Well, that's great. Hold on to uh, hold on to your heart. My hats and glasses. Hold on to the memories. Uh, but uh, in 1964, we opened up a, uh, a an attraction at the World's Fair. Uh, where GE's Progress Land was essentially considered a continuous commercial that guests paid to watch. How great is that for GE? They wanted an attraction for uh, this 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 endeavor, this World's Fair, and uh, they came back and 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 said to Disney, "Hey, how about you do something here?" Um, from what I understand, uh, John Hench, one of the Imagineers. At uh, at Disney, Imagineers, uh, just one of the cousins at Disney, Mm. um, said that uh, this whole endeavor was inspired by Thornton Wilder's Our Town, uh, which is a great play uh, written. It was in that in ninth grade. Ninth grade, I was in that. Oh, oh, all right. I was in that in high school. So there we go. Ninth grade is high school. Were you also Doc Gibbs? Um, No. No. I was the narrator. Oh, 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 that's a big role. And ninth grade is high school. Um, it's not if it's the third time. Well, I mean, if we're going to parse over an advanced degree, I don't think that we need to get in. We might make some of the listeners jealous of our education. A- Andy May, what role were you in our town when you were in high school? I was, um, the, I was the stage manager. Oh, so the narrator as well. All right. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, John Hench said that a lot of what they did was inspired by the play Our Town. Uh, and uh, they designed this whole uh, scenario for General, General Electric. Uh, they wanted to set the story in multiple eras, showcasing the amazing things that GE did for all of America, uh, starting in the late 1800s through the 1960s over four segments. Is that, does that go along with what, uh, what you've seen as well? Yes. 
Oh, um, <laughs> great. <laughs> what is it like to host a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Try to keep the show moving. <laughs> I always wonder uh, myself. I think if I was hosting a podcast, I would just let just let it fly. Just maybe add some things in posts. <laughs> let the editor work on it. For an excessive period of time. Maybe add some transformer sound effects that the audience doesn't get until the third part of (laughs) Progress is the sound of a motor. Andy, Uh, are you getting a phone call? No, I don't see a good there's no time code on this. It doesn't work. Oh well. How does it feel? (laughs) Welcome (laughs) to hell. I'm still the one who edits it, even if you host it. That is true, Joel. Uh, Let's check in with our friends at the Six Flags show. (laughs) (laughs) Your attention, please. Hey, everybody, let's take a break from the action. We are here in the Ears Up Studios soundstage, um, television stage. We've got television here now. Uh, wow. Right. It's it's a new edition. We've got all sorts of equipment. I don't know what it does, but maybe, maybe our famous guest can tell me a little bit about it. If, if we Howdy. have time later. Howdy, y'all. See, I've got with me here tonight. You you know the voice. You love um, the voice. It's Dolly Parton. That's right. I don't think I really need any introdu- introdu- introduction. Um, Not at all, Miss Dolly. Yes. Welcome. It's, it's it's a pleasure to be here. Um, I bought, brought you like 50 pounds of pie. Wow. Yeah. So, so two pies. Two Yes, two pies. Two exactly. Pies. Two pies. Um, I just wanted to swing by because I heard y'all... We're doing um, kind of a tribute to my theme park, Dollywood. Yes. In a sense. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm just grateful. And I, I just wanted to say a couple things. First of all, um, I really hope, I haven't listened to it, of course, because it's, you know, it's still being constructed, baked like the pie, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I hope that nobody did a tedious character voice. For the whole thing, um, uh, it's fine. It's, it's not, I mean, you know, I know how improv people are, and it's you know, it's rough to sort of say, say like you know, you don't need to do that. Uh, and second, I I don't. I heard there's no boob jokes, and I think that's that, that's fantastic. Yes, because I'm tired of that. We have awful. a great amount of respect for you, Dallas. So. It's not. It's not. It's the most obvious thing, and it's stupid. No, it's it's lazy humor. Yeah. It is that. Um, and I know some people on the show are prone to low hanging fruit, but this is like, this is just dumb. So anyone out there, stop. Yeah. Anyway, um, I was curious about concierge because I'm looking to set up something similar for Dollywood, which I own because I'm Dolly Barton. Oh, well, clearly, yes. You're yes. on the sign. Yeah. Right. Um, so I understand that uh, concierge is kind of a Disney leaning. I mean, it's in the name ears, but you, yeah. y- sorry, y'all y- y- do 
other things, right? Like you do Universal or if like if I wanted to go to another, uh, let's say I, I don't, I want to use concierge, but I don't, I'm not going to Disney. What are some of my options? Well, yeah, I mean, it, you're right. It's it's not our main focus, but for for some of our, we like to say VIP members, people that, that travel with us often, we have no problem setting up uh, hotel reservations at other places. We can take care of that for you. Marriott, Hilton, you know, all the... All the big names, um, you know, especially those around around Disneyland and Disney World. That's kind of why we have those those uh, agreements set up. I don't think we have anything set up for your for your cabins, though. You've well, cabin. you all got to get on that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Start working a number of hours um, and then do that and do that. Yeah. It's like almost like a full time day, like a, a time that you start and then a time that you anyway. So the phone number is eight five six R ears, right? Correct. If you for want concierge, to. yeah. And Disneyland is opening up soon, so people want to probably get on that. Agreed. Yeah, they're not selling tickets yet, and they're not accepting um, most hotel reservations yet. But I, I mean, that's coming real soon. So they can dial eight five six. Our and then E A R and then just hover over the S. Right. Okay. <laughs> just ready. Or if you're if you're not using a '90s uh, cordless telephone, you could just hit that S and then hover over the the call button, the green call button. Ooh, I like that better. Telephone. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, because I'm a busy lady, so right. yeah. And then you have a website. It's uh, concierge.com. Com. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One. Right. So um, you can read our blog. You can um, send messages to us and we'll. I'll send pie send to, you. to you. I'm Dolly right. Parton. All right. Hey. All right. Forward to it. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what's up with this show? Apparently, uh, we thought we were doing something a little, little special for, for the holidays. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, talking about another uh, attraction that maybe we wouldn't have talked about otherwise. So that's like, okay, so it's like when you can't do a versus thing, you do this? Yes, we do kind of do that. Uh, we kind of before uh, Halloween last year, we did it. Right. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the Six Flags show. And like, no one listened to that. Yes. Um, if you heard it, you were the person who heard it. And, yeah. Um, I didn't, and I edited it. So, right. It's 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 a fun, it's a funny show. So if you missed it, oh yeah, I enjoyed it very much. Yeah, lots of Jimmy singing. Oh yes, I'm a fan of that. I'm gonna be okay. doing a duet album with him. Oh, excellent. I'm I'm still making music, right? Wait, well, for Jimmy, you'll come out of retirement if you. Oh, in a, in a heartbeat. I don't, think, I don't think you did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So that's our ad, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. To all who come to this happy it's place, it's late night at Disneyland. To all who come to this happy place, it's late night at Disneyland.
Okay. This is really, really great. You're doing a great job. Randy. <laughs> it's a lot Thanks. of fun. I'm glad I signed the contract to be on this podcast in perpetuity, <laughs> even after I left the company to go work for SeaWorld. And you're you're doing this for free too. That's very kind of you. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a it's a corporate contractual thing. And the com- the commute is awful long. I just really appreciate you being here. Yeah, you know, we aligned on the synergies, and uh, uh, yeah. All right, well, well, let's 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 pivot here. Let's uh, let's stop talking about a, a thing that uh, existed for only a couple of years, and let's. It didn't ever exist. We're, Joel, we're, I, we're talking about the world's fair. Yeah, you were you were you're uh, bringing uh, good things to life. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, we're we're done with that. How about we talk about Disneyland? Oh, uh, in 1967, July of 1967, uh, the Carousel of Progress was installed in Disneyland in a two-story structure. Uh, who has some uh, some interesting facts about this uh, this beeswax? So the two-piece structure, the um, theater was built in the round, and it went counter. Oh, funny that it's a carousel and it was yeah. built in the round. Mm. Oh, this right. is magical, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Joel. I, Thanks, Joel. I'm glad I, you. I'm taking a note. Again. I'm taking a note. Um, so, it was in four acts, and the building had a second floor where you would go up and see the City of Progress, which was actually um, Walt's idea of Epcot. So, exploratory prototype, experimental prototype community of the, tomorrow. Thanks, Joel. Uh, <laughs> really glad you're here. Uh, we really should have shared the agenda with Joel. <laughs> just Joel, Joel's just really punching note. up the uh, energy here. It's fine. Yeah, you'll fix it in post. It'll be fine. It's a regular Joss Whedon. <laughs> so, what about this uh, this model here? Uh, I mean, originally it was the Epcot model, but uh, after experimental Walt, uh, prototype community of tomorrow. After Thanks, Walt, Joel. I renamed it Progress City. Uh, what's I've, I've got some facts about the, the model here. Uh, it was uh, in a scale of one-eighth inch to the foot. It was 6,900 square feet in size, 115 feet 69. <laughs> 60 feet deep. There were 2,500 moving vehicles in, in the model. Uh, 4,500 structures, finished, furnished, and lit because Walt insisted on it. He loves being lit. Yep. And uh, 1,400 streetlights. Randy, I have a question. How did they how did they shrink down the people to drive the cars? Uh, they 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 moved them electromechanically uh, there, Andy May. Um, it was not, you know, they, they didn't put actual people in those cars. They just... Uh, it was all it was all a model and all of this happened um but they they, they apparently these uh these imagineers and folks at disney got a little scared after walt died and uh renamed it uh, progress city because they didn't want to admit that walt wanted to build a whole city in florida well that would be the work of a madman well, a swamp city oh yeah 
Oh, yeah. Here's the thing. Progress City was intentionally, originally intended to not have any street traffic on the ground level. So all cars, trucks, loading, unloading would all be done on the bottom level. Unfortunately, when they went to investigate in Florida, the water table was far too high, so they could not dig. They would have to have built the city at least 30 feet above in the ground. Thank you, Joel. Well, then the horses in the carousel, they'll just dig right into it when they go down. Thank you, Andy May, for your intense analysis. You're welcome. Well, so uh, when this was installed in Disneyland uh, in 1967, we had a little bit of a different show, but mostly the same show as the as the attraction was in in the World's Fair. There were some changes. There were there were a few changes, and we'll get into that in just a little bit. Let's finish up the history here, and then we'll we'll talk about the show and its various iterations. How does that sound? That, that would be great. It sounds great. like a regular hooting nanny. Yes, all the nannies. You ever been to a haunted box social? Did you say are are you including box? Are you including Fran Drescher's the nanny in all the nannies? Yeah. Okay. Oh yes, yeah. she was one of my favorite nannies. Her and that McPhee lady. And All right. Happened. Well, in uh, <laughs> in the in the early seventies, nineteen seventy one, Walt Disney World opened up, and uh, GE said, "You know what? You know who's attending this uh, this attraction about our GE appliances? People from California. People from California, exactly. Locals who don't care about GE quality GE appliances anymore. Please, they were Maytag me. people. Left coasters. Uh, well, GE said, "You know what we want to do? We want to change up our sponsorship. Let's pay two piles of money to move this attraction from the one coast to the other coast." And they wanted to move it out to see a more diverse audience. I assume that there were all sorts of people attending Walt Disney World in the 1970s. And uh, they wanted to move it over there. So in... Uh, Did we talk about the Carousel of Progress at Disneyland yet? No, because we're going to talk about that in each of the uh, the acts of the, the things. Great. Right. Okay, thanks, Joel. Thanks, thanks Joel. Joel Manby, former CEO. Um, former CEO of SeaWorld. Well... In I heard. Like, were you there when the, 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 all the things happened? The, the, I was there as a result of those things happening, and I was oh. there to clean up. And now SeaWorld has an impeccable reputation. Thanks, Ooh. Joel. Let's stop well, talking about fish here. Well, we know welcome to the family. So I think it, what was so interesting about the GE stuff that you were talking about, Randy, is that GE was paying to create a whole new demographic for their products it was so interesting to me because now it would be like i don't know dollywood picking up and moving to i don't know arkansas but get a whole new group of people i mean it's just it's insane that wouldn't i tried to make that happen while you were here beautiful up there what are you talking about joel i tried to make it happen and they insisted it did dolly specifically insisted to keep it in tennessee i wanted to move to chicago those people wouldn't know a good the theme park or, or a good pie if it hit them in the face. Mm-hmm. What about the 25-pound pies? Come on, Joel. Oh, well, in September of 1973. How much is each slice? How much does that weigh? Three pounds. Three pounds. In September of 1973. 
What's the weight of an average baby? <laughs> hey, Google. Hey, Google, how much does a baby hey, weigh? What's the average weight of a baby? I'm going to look it up. <laughs> Eight pounds, four ounces. <laughs> So, uh, oh, uh, baby, <laughs> the average serving of a turkey to an American is one five pounds. That's <laughs> so the turkey legs. I think you're referring to the turkey legs from the Disney theme parks. The turkey legs are one point five pounds. The average amount in a Thanksgiving dinner is one point two five pounds. I, Crystal, Crystal May, I gotta have a question. Was there ever a speed ramp for to get up to the Progress City? Yes, there was. After the outro, after the fourth show, <laughs> guests were encouraged to go up the ramp to see Progress City. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I went to check on Peepaw. He's almost awake. In Thanks, uh, September of 1973, uh, Disneyland closed down their carousel of progress. And uh, moved it over to Walt Disney World, the new Walt Disney World Magic Kingdom that opened up in uh, October of 1971. Well, in October 1st, 1971. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Joel. Uh, in on January 15th, 1975, the Carousel of Progress reopened in Walt Disney World with even more changes. Turned the other way. Well, yes, it did turn the opposite direction, which is... Uh, so you went back in time is what happened. Yes, you started going counterclockwise. That's a that's a big difference. Um, but it still maintained the same, uh, the same feel of going uh, across multiple dioramas over, over uh, a few decades each. You know, uh, it, it's just a, it's just a treat for the senses. Um, but, uh, but... <laughs> But things have changed uh, over over the years. How about we take some time and uh, we start talking about the uh, the actual show at this point? I mean, it, it's it's remained relatively unchanged since it got to uh, Walt Disney World. There have been a, a few renovations, of course, from uh, 1975 until 1993, and uh, none since then. But uh, let's start talking about uh, how things uh, how things fared over there. Let's we talked about the great big beautiful tomorrow. Uh, well, we haven't talked about that at all yet. But mm. let's let's start with the basic premise of uh, of this this attraction, and that's progress. Let's listen to uh, the Arizona Cowboy Rex Allen talk. Introduce the original. Carousel of progress. He was the narrator in the Christmas story. No, he wasn't. General <laughs> <laughs> Electric Carousel of Progress. Now, most carousels just go round and round without getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. But on this one, at every turn, we'll be making progress. And progress is not just moving ahead. It's dreaming. It's the grandpa from the future. A better way of life. That is true. And what does Rex have to say about the uh, the carousel and how it defines progress. Let's listen. Progress is the sound of a motor. The hum of a turbine. I hear it. The heartbeat of a factory. Mm-hmm. The sound of a symphony. 
the it roar of the rocket. Ooh. Progress is people getting released from drudgery, gaining more time to enjoy themselves and live richer lives. Oh, yeah. As long as That's man dreams and works and builds, this progress will go on in your life and mine. And how will it go on in your life, sir? <laughs> well, it goes on, and he... Wait, where did he go? The, the, the audio clip stopped. It's, it's fine, Andy May. Oh. Andy May, a motor is what makes a car move. Oh. <laughs> Without horses. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a nice intro to the show. It, it tells you exactly what to expect. You've got progress. We start out in the early years of our, well, the, the mid-years of our country, uh, the 1890s. It's a, it's a great uh, introduction to our nation and the beginning of progress and the beginning of the great company that is GE, General Electric. That's right, Randy. Welcome to the 1890s. Right. Now, that what's interesting big. is that over time we've we've changed a little bit of the theme, but we still keep up this early this this early before electricity uh, scene, and then the beginning of electricity, and then uh, there's there's much more electricity, and then we get to the future of electricity. Is that is that uh, safe to say at this point? Yeah, I think that pretty much talks about each of the four acts, for sure. All right. Um, I was going to start us off. Are you ready for me to do that? Oh, well, do you want me to, to play a little bit of the, the intro from the current version as we head of into course. the 1890s? There's a great big beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. The day is a... <laughs> Clearly, get above the times. And when it becomes a reality, it's a dream come true. For you, you can start talking anytime. So oh, okay. I was singing along, but I didn't want you to hear now my singing voice. Is the time. Now is the place. We're, we're out there yet, Joel. Is the... Thanks, Joel. Just a Thank you. So when we open in the 1890s. the best time of your life. You know that, that's correct, and um, they say that life doesn't. You know, after a certain point, it doesn't get. It doesn't improve much. But I got to say that my mid thirties are absolutely the best time of my life. Thank you, Joel. Welcome to the family, Chris, Crystal May. Please, Crystal May Light. Please tell us about the first scene in the Carousel of Progress. <laughs> I'm just waiting for Joel to provide some more color commentary <laughs> on Valentine's Day. Now is the time. <laughs> there it is. is. I knew it was place. coming. Now is yes. the best time of your life. Wow. The Sherman Brothers, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, we I'll open in the eight. The lump of woozle. Woodle. Oh, man. Winnie the Pooh. The gentleman who knows how to party. He does. I mean, a tiger, a bear, and a pig all walk into a room. And how has no one eaten? Does anybody this has nothing to that? do with the carousel progress. <laughs> <laughs> oh. My bad. Sorry. 
I just I went somewhere for a moment. I'm back. Been sipping on Andy May's Yeti over here, and I think I've got a little too far. <clears throat> I was seeing heffalumps and boozles. So we open with Father seeing a great big beautiful tomorrow while he's sitting in his chair, while Rover is wagging close by, sitting on the floor. Um, Robin start to chirp, and he says that we're going to celebrate Valentine's Day today. Um, the dates around the turn of the century. Um, from what I found online, there are earlier. I what you remember testing, from your memory. From my memory banks is when they were first testing the ride, it was actually a little earlier. But by the time the attraction went to the World's Fair, they were right around 1890, 1898. Um, and I'll talk about a little bit later another World's Fair they were alluding to, which was in the early 1900s. So kind of interesting history there um he mentions father mentions that there are already high rises at 20 stories the movie pictures are flickering onto the big screens and there are eight thousand cars on our highways already that's pretty cool and if you can believe it a train ride from new york to california will take you seven days whoa all right i know can you less than a week less than a week and if you can believe it, there's a couple of guys who are up to no good um, in a county in North Carolina. And they're they start on making some... trouble in your neighborhood. They did. I got in one little fight. My mom got scared. She mm-hmm. sent me with my auntie and uncle. In Bel Air, where most people no, should live. Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, where they're working on a flying contraption. You know, Orville, Wilbur. Redenbacher? Oh, them folks. All right. Yeah, Those the top folks. Yeah. But father's pretty sure it won't work. It's never going to work. We're never going to fly. Um, he talks to us about his cast iron stove, gas lamps, hot water reservoir that only needs three bucket of coals to stay warm. Um, the state of the art ice box holds 50 pounds of ice and Rover keeps the drip pan from messing up the floors, which is nice. Um, is it at this point that the poltergeist came? Oh, that scared me when I saw that. You know, they don't have technology in that time, but they did have a, a helpful poltergeist to open up items and move them around as on cue. You know, the things move on their own. But yeah, but that's the, the part of the audio animatronics. Pulty the poltergeist. The Pulty the, part of the next, uh, the, the next sequence. Pulty the poltergeist. Pulty the friendly poltergeist. Uh, only insiders yeah, know about it. audio from that, that uh, sequence. Gotcha. That must have been in one of your CEO seminars. Um, That is correct. So the last thing he really talks about before we meet mother is he talks about having a pump in the sink, but you have to have a a bucket of water close by to prime it. And he alludes to the fact that not too long ago, they used to have to carry in buckets of water um, to drink. I thought that was really interesting. And then as mother comes into view, he lets her know about a fellow named uh, Edison. Hmm. Heard of it? Thomas Edison. Did you did you know that they, they were going to build a, a, a attraction called Edison Square or just above Main Street, USA, where they, they have the, the Walter Elias Disney window, which is haunted by Walter Disney's father. Andy. Andy, uh, mother mother was going to talk he's talking to mother about the snap electric lights that are coming and she was excited not to have any more kerosene or gas sounds like a fire hazard to me but um well right and then she alludes to 
Well, she talks about her newfangled washing machine that allows her to do laundry in five hours and not two days. Hmm. Well, that's an improvement. Provided by General Electric. Provided by General Electric. And father lets her know that now she has a bunch of free time. And she says to do canning and clean the oven. Which should be self-cleaning, but not yet. Mm. Not yet, you say. mm Mm-hmm. So she does excuse herself and says she needs to go get the laundry off the line because it's getting ready to rain. And father says, that isn't true. There's not going to be any rain because my lumbago is not acting up. And of course, thunderbolts and lightning. Very, very frightening. (laughs) (laughs) Thank thank you, Joel. (laughs) Joel and his encyclopedic knowledge of uh, queen music. We will rock you. At the, at the end of our thunderbolts and lightning, we hear from James in the other room who is getting caught looking at a Holmes type stereo. He's looking scope. at porn. Hey, what now? What? It is not porn. He is looking at the star of the 1906 World Fair Little Egypt. Oh. And what is she dancing? The hoochie coochie. coochie. Oh my goodness! I know. Leave it to a young boy to find the 1906 star of the World Fair. But did you guys know that a home style stereoscope is actually a precursor to our viewfinders we had when we were kids? It's two pictures taken from two slightly different angles, and when they overlap each other, when your eyes overlap them, it actually makes them 3D. So I thought it was really cool that something so old, 1890s, would have impact now. I mean, I had a viewfinder when I was a kid, so I thought that was really cool. And um, as dad, father tells James to put that away before his mother gets home, um, we start to hear father talking about a talking machine. But when he says put that that away, he's referring to the viewfinder, right? Not anything else that he might. Oh, mm. uh, I was watching the Uchi Coochie. Yep, moving. <laughs> it was up. the stereoscope. It was the stereoscope. Okay. And... The Wash Day Marvel. <laughs> the Wash Day Marvel. That's Let's right. Keep this podcast clean. <laughs> In the Wash Day Marvel, that only takes five hours and not two days. So now father um, starts talking about the new talking machine they have. And we see grandma who is listening to great, big, beautiful tomorrow as her pet parrot advises us that she listens to that on a loop all day long. Hmm. Just like some of us do other songs when we're trying to forget what Andy said about the troublesome parrot. Yes. Troublesome parrot. As the parrot starts to let us know that the loop is almost over. Let us know. (laughs) Thanks, Joel. Um, Now, is is this the family from Song of the South? Well, I think as Joel alluded earlier, this family has nothing to do with Song of the South, and we've been horribly misled. Yeah, I ruined that bit real early. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know I mean, what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I can't even say that's the dog off the porch of Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> I got my first COVID shot today. I'm not. Oh, gonna make Joel, promises. that's very nice to know. Welcome, family. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> I'm not going to make any promises about what I say on this episode. Yeah, you shouldn't, Joel. You're a corporate man. Not anymore. I retired <laughs> from Hershen Family Entertainment in 2013, and then I retired from SeaWorld in 2018, yeah. and I got my first COVID shot today. Well, welcome to the family. 2021. I just wanted to have a complete timeline. Thank you, Crystal May. <laughs> You're so right. welcome. So well as we get back to father, um, Patricia is getting ready to go to the Valentine's Day dance on her horseless trolley. And when her father lets her, reminds her about her curfew, he is headed out on a trolley of his own to get a sarsaparilla. Oh, wait. I mean a root beer because that's what he drinks now. So as... That's what they what call is the him. difference between a sarsaparilla and a root beer? A great, big, Progress. That's what. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, I believe that they are both forms of roots, and I don't know what root a root beer is based when on. I, yeah, when I did research on that, it was just a different collection of spices and root vegetables that they used to flavor the soda. And now we call it root beer, not sarsaparilla anymore. There you go. Better marketing. I'll have a root beer. Hold the roots. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> so are you saying then that the, that the the root beer is a combination of flavors from various roots, whereas the sarsaparilla was a specific root? Exactly. And herbs and spices, kind of like that Kentucky guy that we don't talk about. Who? Progress. Exactly. Progress. All right. So now we're in the the 1920s. It's the 4th of July. Uh, it's got to be 1927 because Father talks about Charles Lindbergh flying across the Atlantic. Uh, but we see a spider web, a spider web of electrical cords everywhere. We've we've come a long way from the previous decade where they had no such electricity. And in this case, we just put one outlet in the house and we just run everything <laughs> everywhere. It's great. Still works. Right? It still works. Still works. We have one fire hazard to another. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You, put the fire ext- you just put the fire extinguisher right next to it. And run it on electricity. Um, along with your refrigerator, oven, and vacuum cleaner. That'll probably blow fuses. It, it might. Yes. I'll pause there in case I put the audio from that in because I'll remind <laughs> myself that I didn't pull that audio, even though we've sung that in previous episodes. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, the, the there's a lot of electricity in this house now. Everybody's very excited. Uh, the electric porch light allows uh, the wife to sew outside at night or embroider outside at night. Uh, the electric radio allows news and entertainment from all over the, the, the country. Um, indoor plumbing is enjoyed by Uncle Orville, or in the original iteration, Cousin Orville. Everybody knows our Cousin Orville. No privacy is all around this place. Exactly. He invented <laughs> air cooling with a block of ice and a fan. He, uh, he's, he's a great... Voice by mail blank. Yes. Do we want to talk about voices now, or do we want to talk about them later? Later. <laughs> Thanks, Joel. Thanks, Joel. It's a it's a great little picture of the 1920s. 
where mother is making costumes for the 4th of July celebration. Um, daughter is dressed as the Statue of Liberty. She's very embarrassed. She doesn't want her boyfriend to see her like this. Uh, everybody else is very patriotic. Even Uncle Orville has a little hat and uh, an Uncle Sam outfit hanging on a hook. Why wouldn't why wouldn't her boyfriend be proud of of his 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 missus his lady representing the the, the simple patriotism and our our country? Indeed, Lady Liberty. Lady Liberty. Yes, yes, <laughs> she's she's representing Lady Liberty and uh, the Statue are, of Liberty. The Statue of Liberty. Yes, she is a. Personal version of the statue. Thank you. Thank you, Joel and Andy May. Yes, there are good times to be had watching this scene as Mother is outside. In the original version, uh, Mother was still doing laundry. And she she kept up with her yes, dear sort of uh, mentality throughout the whole the whole situation. But uh, we, we've we've upgraded. We've moved beyond that. She's no longer just doing laundry. Um, she is embroidering under a porch light with electricity. It's pretty great. Thanks to progress. Right. Thanks to progress. Now, the original dog in this scene was named Buster, and Buster became Queenie. Queenie was much better behaved mm-hmm. because Buster uh, frequently interrupted the audience or interrupted the uh, the. He interrupted narrative. John. I'm sorry. <laughs> interrupted but John. Yeah, the, the audience wasn't. They were just enjoying the show. I think is right, Joel's right. point. That, that's a good point. Yes, Buster interrupted uh, John while he was talking, and uh, John occasionally had to say, "Quiet." These people might want to buy some quality GE products. Corporate synergy may yeah. bring good yeah, things yeah. to life. And eventually, Buster became Queenie, and Queenie was was much better behaved until 1993. When Queenie was named Rover, and Rover generally stayed quiet un- unless Rover was interrupting Sarah, the wife, when uh, Rover would pop in and growl, and uh, John was forced to say, Rover, don't interrupt while Sarah's interrupting. And uh, we we kept the narrative moving in such a fashion. Now, the music between all of these scenes, I should mention, uh, there are different takes on uh, the same on the same song. There's a great big beautiful tomorrow in the current version. We'll talk about some other versions later in a few minutes. But um, now is the time. Each, uh, each version is based on the time period in which now it was is set. The best time, of and it your... starts. It's, you know, that's true. I that is the best time of my life. I. I currently have the gout, and my my doctor says that a man my age should not be having such medical anomalies. Um, thank you, Andy May. For thank you, out. thank you. But yes, I believe uh, that should be gout chat. <laughs> it's a different uh, podcast, Joel. Oh yes, each of the the songs has been changed to a different rendition, and it changes as you go through uh, the the transition between different theaters, which we're going to do now as we enter into the late nineteen twenties.
And that brings us to Act 3. The original concept for Edison Square, the Act 3 was originally meant to take place in present day. The present day of the release was 1958, but in the World's Fair version was set in 1940s. It's the only act that has no similarities between the concept art for Harnessing the Lightning or Carousel of Progress. So in the World's Fair version, the first scene has father set in the 1940s with all the gadgets and Pulte the poltergeist doing his magic. (laughs) The next scene, we show grandma and grandpa in the den listening to the radio. The next scene shows mama working on her rumpus room. The next scene shows daughter working out on whatever those things are called. You know, the jiggly waist thing. <laughs> uh, Joe, Mr. Manby, is the den also where Andy? they make their phone calls? Yes. <laughs> Never interrupt me again. I'm sorry. Welcome to the family. The last, sorry, Joel. <laughs> the last scene shows the kids watching a brand new television set. The boy in that scene was later used in Space Mountain's Home of the Living. Hmm. I love Disney no. so much. I want to be an executive at Disney. Uh, so now at Walt Disney World in 1973, when they moved the Carousel of Progress from <laughs> Disneyland to Disney World, Father was repositioned from New York World's Fair to behind the kitchen table. It was in this version that Grandma and Grandpa would steal the kids' TV while they worked. Well, they still took over the den. It now had their TV set from scene four of the original. The second scene took Mother working on a rumpus room to their son working on a model airplane, which was based on the original unused concept art. Scene three still had Daughter working on the jiggly waist thing. Scene four changed from the kids watching TV to mother working on the rumpus room. In 1993, Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow came back and new actors were cast in almost every role. Act three loosely revolved around Halloween. The son, now instead of working on a model airplane, is working on a jack-o'-lantern while wearing a wolfman mask. In the Fab 40s, the fridge holds more food and ice cubes, and they now have an automatic dishwasher, which Pulte the Poltergeist pulls out to show us. Now, John doesn't have to dry the dishes after supper anymore. Now, he and Rover, the dog's named Rover, can have longer walks. There's a rat race. They do something called commuting, and they watch TV when it works. And Grandma likes to watch boxing. Give him my left, you old lug. Joel, I was very moved by how in passion you are about the Walt Disney Company. It must have been very difficult for you to, to be with the other companies. We're glad to have you aboard. Well, Blackfish was a very painful movie. <laughs> and I was brought in to try to turn the company's name around when I brought into SeaWorld from Hershen Family Entertainment, where Dollywood was the crown jewel of the theme parks. Oh, sure is. Still today. And I'm still contractually obligated to do this podcast since 2003 uh, when I left the company and joined SeaWorld and left in 2018. Glad to have you here. Welcome to the family. Are we ready to move on from the 1940s into the future? The, the, the oh. world of the future. 
scary. Welcome to the future. How is the time? How is the place? So, is the best time of your life? It's true. I went on a walk the other day, and it was it was lovely. Um, the last act is set during Christmas in the twenty first century, the future, and they're they're in the living room and the With kitchen. Laser disc. Well, it's it's rather it's intimidating. It is, and. Uh, in the fast-paced world of the future, they're in the living room, in the kitchen, singing. There's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow together, just like we like to sing Dolly's songs together on the porch. And and John's in the kitchen, making Christmas dinner, and Sarah's on her computer. She's working nearby, and she's connected all the all the robots to take over the world in the, their, their, their apartment, in their home. And Jim is is now um, is no longer just that's the sun, that's the sun. I I got I threw myself off. I you see, um, he's no longer he's a young young adult and not a child, and not a child anymore. And he's showing Mima how to play virtual reality games and and Trish and Pap Pap sitting in the living room near the Christmas tree, and Sarah. Timed the oven to listen to John's voice, and and this is which is the, the the time that you want to do. And Christmas cooking is the time you want to do that. So that's a, that's a good move on her part. Oh yeah, yeah. And, yes. And household items are now voice activated in the future, and 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 after the oven, the oven confirms John's temperature when he says set the computer, set the temperature. And then he, because he burned the turkey last year, and the family makes fun of him, and it's humiliating, and he's angry, and he contemplates divorce, and starting a whole new family no, that no, will not uh, chastise no, no, him, no, and that, that will appreciate that was our Christmas Andy, efforts Andy, that he Andy, does. That was our Christmas. With he found Andy. that chicken, and he found it in the road, and he named it, and he put a hat on it, and he said, "Here's my chicken." I'm sorry. Um, no, Andy, that was our Christmas. Yes. Well, that serves you right. And Mima scores 550 points on the virtual reality future game. And it, that because the oven is controlled by the deep state, uh, it, it turns it up to 550 and 100 degrees. And then... Pap-Pap talks about the future technology like laser discs and voice control and flip phones and HDTV and magnets and microwaves and Oral-B electric toothbrushes and laser discs. Oral-B is not part of this. Oral-B and Reese's peanut butter cups and and the the TikTok. And and, then Mima... She beats the game, the futuristic virtual reality game, and she says 975, and then the turkey whimsically turns up to 975, 
and and John is a failure as a provider, and they all chastise him further, and they say, you, you, how dare you to put the turkey in the bowels of hell, and we, we will get the new John, and he gets, re, he Andy, is, yes, Andy, yes. That was our 4th of July when we well, tried to deep fry the turkey. Don't Do you, you that? F- don't you forget it. And in previous version, I'll, I'll eat you a turkey. And, and uh, he so, hit it with his car. Yeah, he, he hit free. it. And I gave it a hat. Did you not hear that part of my story? <laughs> anyway, in previous versions, they say that the 80s is a great time to be alive, which, I mean, I was only a child during the 80s, but I do remember it being rather uh, delightful. And they have a flat screen TV, a computer, and... They talk about killing the grandparents. Um, I'm sorry, Andy. That was last they Easter. They have think, a, a, a place to stay. Yes. Their own home. Yeah. I think you mean right. one of the versions where mom says that the they grandpa and grandpa the grandparents. No, 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 they said the grandpa and grandpa are no longer them. with us because they're in a retirement took, home. We took them out of their misery. And then in the current version, the guy who voices... Christmas story is grandpa. Thanks, Joel. And that's the future. This is a funky version of the song. It's like a futuristic version. Now is the time. Yes. Now is the place. Let's talk about uh, what Joel is singing. Oh, wait. Let's let's go back to... Ooh, that is downright soulful. That is that is fresh. It's hip and fresh. Yep. That's how it ends. <laughs> And that's uh, how it ends. <laughs> and that's how it ends. Let's talk about some uh, some previous versions here. Uh, you know, it's interesting in the uh, the seventies. Uh, not only did Disney say, you know what, we should put in here, we should put in here some bits about women who want to uh, have jobs. There's an interesting uh, subtext where women um, uh, where. The, the daughter of the family is trying to get a job and father says, oh, that's not going to happen. Not in my household. Not going to be and that way goes, forever. That's right. quite, quite regressive values in the family, if you ask me. And uh, it works out very well for her in the end, where even her mother is an activist by the end of the show. That's right. Uh, one other interesting aspect during the course of this show is that uh, GE said, you know what we don't want? We don't want to talk about progress and then say buy something from GE now. And so they came up with a new song. They asked the Sherman brothers who wrote the original song to write a different song. And that song has been uh, sung by Joel Mann's Mandy. I have for lump of woozle. It's very <laughs> Now is the time of now is the best time. Now is the best time of your life. Life is a prize. Live every minute. Open your eyes and watch how you win it. Yes, 
Yes. It's, uh, it's, it's a similar theme, and they do it uh, across all of the decades. Randy, can you hear that music today? Well, yes, because they, they, they orchestrated this across all the decades, the same as uh, the original song, which they reinstated back in 1993 when they updated the ride to the 90s instead of... It's um, not a ride, it's an attraction. I was going to make that correction as well, but I was... All right, but sure if you're you walking around to Tomorrowland... In Walt Disney World. In Walt Disney World or Disneyland from the 90s until today, you can hear this. This was composed by Polti the Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. The futuristic Poltergeist because it's very futuristic. And those were audio animatronic. Those are part of the attraction. There's not a Poltergeist. So, did they, are you saying they programmed audio animatronics to play all of the keyboards that are playing this music? No, I'm saying all of the products opening and closing are not a poltergeist. Because they could have just programmed the, the with MIDI. It's an interface that could make electronic music instruments talk to each other. True. But yes, this song changed in 1975. Stuck around in interesting ways. We we saw it for a few decades in uh, Walt Disney World to the point that uh, most of us have probably heard that before we ever heard the original song comma the current song when uh, now is the best time of your life was just what we knew as the uh, as the, the main song of the attraction now's the best time of your life <laughs> now is the time my wife Yep. <laughs> Now's the best time with my wife. <laughs> Thank you, Joel. <laughs> I got my first COVID chat today. We're very proud of you, Joel, Mr. Manby. COVID is real. <laughs> uh, yes, it is real, and Dolly acknowledges that it's real. Also, real is the theater that houses uh, 240 seats, um, six stationary stages. 32 animatronics in the no original. No horses. No horses at all. Or carriages. And or I did the math, and there's six stages. There's 360 degrees in a circle. You divide that by six. And that means, that, that's right, that's 60%. Each scene has 60 degrees. You mm. have an entrance screen as they, they enter, and then four 60-degree screens, and then the sixth is a 60-degree exit screen. Nice. I like which, it. Which used to have a speed ramp. 360 degrees divided by six is 60. That's pretty impressive math. Uh, the Thanks, John. Speed ramps are irrelevant. They don't mean anything <laughs> unless they're coming out of a tomb. That's what I've said. Uh, the the two robins in the uh, the first scene in Act One are from Mary Poppins. They were created by Imagineer Harriet Burns. I did want to point out to the boy in Act One who was looking at the stereoscope, he was actually vacuuming and didn't you have a voice until he got to California. <laughs> Originally, he was vacuuming in the World's mm-hmm. Fair. That's correct. Yep. Yeah, yep. so they said, and, you know what's more technologically impressive? 
the hoochie coochie. Uh, let's talk about the cast. Yes. Yes, the cast, the current cast. Uh, Gene Shepard, John, the father, narrator. He was the narrator of the Christmas story. <laughs> yes, the Christmas story. Not yes. Rex Allen. Also the narrator of the Christmas story. <laughs> different, different, yeah, different, different guy that did the thing. Um, Debbie Derryberry is Patricia, the daughter. That's a made-up name. Yes, it is. And she also voiced Jimmy Neutron, who was also a made-up name. But you know what isn't a made-up name? Is Steve Gutenberg. (laughs) 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 Star of stage and screen. (laughs) Also... A cameo where you can hire Mr. Gutenberg to say hello to all of your friends for a reasonable price. Get in touch with us, Steve Gutenberg. Do it, please. Uh, Uncle Orville, as mentioned earlier, was voiced by Mel Blanc. Mel Blanc. Mel Blanc. The only voice he ever did for Disney. Right. The only voice he ever did for Disney. He also voiced uh, Bugs, Daffy, Porky, uh, Tweety, Sylvester, Yosemite, Sam, Foghorn, Leghorn, Marvin the Martian, and a whole bunch of canceled characters from Warner (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Janet Waldo played the grandmother. Uh, She also voiced Judy Jetson. And Rex Allen played grandfather. He was Me, George Jetson, Jane, his wife, his boy Elroy. Oh, by the way, the end of Spaceship Earth is very similar to the Jetsons. So the reason I joined Hirsch and Family Entertainment is I was working for a auto company and they called me to fly to Germany for a meeting and I'd like emergency meeting. I'd fly overnight and they sent me there and they reprimanded me in front of everybody. And I was like, I don't want to live like this. And then I started working for Hirschen family entertainment. I wrote a book called love works because love works. Works. And then they made it. Then they made that propaganda film, Blackfin. Have you I'm considered, like, Mister Mister Manby? Have you? Did you ever consider just embracing it and changing the name of Sea World to Blackfish the theme park? I thought about just it. Right, ride, ride that, ride that publicity train all the way to Cashville. And then I realized love works, and so we started loving the dolphins, and we started <laughs> loving, loving the killer whales, and then we decided to ramp up the dolphin show so that weird, <laughs> Randy weird, play the music Randy play the music weird loners would cry at it there we go. and it worked Randy I think it's important to note let, let me just let me just interject this is Joel Mamby um, I think it's important to interject that the carousel of progress went through several iterations it was originally meant for the 1964-1965 World's Fair, and then it was brought to Walt Disney or to Disneyland just shortly after. 
mm-hmm. where you had a, a view of Progress City, which ultimately became Epcot. And it rotated clockwise. And then it was moved to Walt Disney World in the mid-70s, where it rotated counterclockwise, and many of the scenes were changed to reflect effectively what we see today with many of the changes we've discussed earlier in this episode. Does that sum it up? Pretty much. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Um, My COVID shot is going all over the place. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you. COVID is a virus that was spreading through North America in 2020, 21. Hopefully that's it. Oh, scraping the vault's a good show. I I did change back to the other guy, but I forgot how to do that one. <laughs> listen to Scraping the Vault for Cinderella 2. Cinderella uh, 2. Uh, listen to Ears Up podcast and Ears Up in-depth for all sorts of things about Disney things and people that like talking about things. Uh, please join our Patreon to give us money for talking about things. And uh, if you like this, uh, listen to uh, God bless you. And listen to staying in there. Cream Resort. Listen to this normally is if it isn't April Fool's Day or uh, Halloween. Um, thank you everybody for joining us. Please rate us on iTunes. Um, Fresh bake. You continue to give us two star <laughs> reviews, and we will continue to love you until the end of time. Signing off, it's uh, the Dollywood Reporter. What are we? The Dollywood Reporter. Dollywood Reporter by contract only. I left the company in 2013 and left SeaWorld in 2018. Good night, everybody. Next week, more coasters. I don't know. Eric, you have writing on your arm. Yes, I do. What kind of writing is that? Is that devil writing? Put on there with with uh, with a permanent marker. Did the devil put that on your arm? Well, he's got a cross on it, so he's probably part of the claim. Is the is the is the Jesus devil? I've heard about the Jesus devil. Welcome back to the Jesus Devil Talk Show. This is the show where the we we do. Exorcisms, circumcisions, and and phlebotomies, and and you too can be a winner here at the the the, the Dollywood Reporter. Thirteenth um, caller is calling today, and we, lines are open, and they are answered by a staff of cousins who are eating pie from Welcome the Dollywood Reporter. Do I need to clap? <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> All right.
We're ready to start. Welcome. Is this a show yet? Yeah. You want me to check up on people? <laughs> oh no, did we wake Please up? Please let him up? sleep. I don't know. It's up to you. Do you want it? <laughs> He's got that look on his face. That look that's like, I kind of want to, but I don't know if it's a good idea. <laughs> Happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs> My sister listens to this podcast. <laughs> Not anymore, sucker. <laughs> Two stars. <laughs> and it worked. Your sister's still not going to listen to this. Mamby out. Mamby out. I think this is the best episode we've ever had. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Uh... We're gonna do an after hours. <laughs> we need an outro and the end of this episode. This whole show is an after hours. <laughs> Alright. Thanks everybody for attending our uh Hold on, let me wake up people. <laughs> Here. Yeah, get, get, get up close to the microphone, people. Just like you like to. <laughs> This is Joel Mamby. Do I think podcast? This is the up. <laughs>